0: Reading today comes from Luke 14, um, uh, chapter 15 to uh, 24. The parable of the great banquet. When one of those at the table with him had this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who who had been invited, come, for everything, everything is ready now. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring, um, bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and to the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a a taste of my banquet. A second reading comes from John chapter 7. Sorry, John chapter uh, 10, verse 7 to 10. Therefore Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will, they will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full.
1: It's my privilege to uh, be able to introduce Tim Presswood to you this morning. Uh, Tim um, in his little biography wrote an awful lot of things but here's some important things. He's a poet, he's a climber and he says of himself he's a keen if not particularly proficient guitarist. Is that still true Tim? It's still true. Okay we won't try him out we won't try you out today. Unless you want to pick up one of these guitars, you'll be very, very welcome. Uh, Tim leads uh, Urban Expression Team in Openshaw near Manchester. Uh, if you know Manchester, you'll know Openshaw, And uh, Tim has been there for uh, quite a long time, I think, really. and uh, in 30 years. There we are. He's been there for 30 years in uh, a very uh, tough community, but a community that he loves and a community that God has called him to serve as well. He's also uh, the church life team leader of the Northwest Baptist Association. He's also the college manager of, for Northern Baptist College. I don't know how do you do all that. I don't know how you do it, but uh, perhaps he'll, he'll tell us. And he's soon to be the Baptist Together president for 2324 as well. And he's found time to come to see us at Newcastle Baptist Church, which we are very delighted To have him, aren't we? So, can we welcome Tim uh, to the church? And uh, you are welcome here today. Before Tim speaks, I'm just going to pray blessing as uh, he speaks to us. Father, we want to pray blessing on Tim. We thank you for him. We thank you for who he is in you, Father. We thank you that there was a day when you said to him, follow me, and he got up and followed you, and we thank you that he's still following you today, Father. Thank you for the exciting adventures you've taken him into so far, but God, thank you for what lies ahead as well, as he uh, leads this uh, Baptist uh, together union as well, and uh, as he speaks what it is that you have laid on his heart uh, for this year, but also for us here today. Father, open the word to us today, but Father, I pray that you will open our hearts to your word in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you very
2: much. It's great to be here. Um, I need to start by apologizing. Uh, I'm not one of those who is glued to his phone all the time. Except this morning, because I've left my sermon on the telephone table by the front door. (laughs) So my notes are on here. As Tim said, I am, he said humbly, uh, a poet. I want to start by asking you a question. Sorry, Tim. How many sermons... That you have sat through, can you actually remember? Uh, Of course, (laughs) of course. How many sermons can you actually remember? I can, I've been a Christian since I was 17. I won't tell you how old I am now, but that was a long time ago. I can number on the fingers of one hand how many sermons I remember. But one of them was a sermon that I heard when I was still at college, uh, preached by uh, Heather Walton, who was one of the tutors at Northern College. She's now a professor of uh, of literature up at, uh, I think it's Glasgow University still. And Heather preached on the topic, feasting at the foot of the cross. Feasting at the foot of the cross. And her sermon Was a 10, 15 minute poem. And that was the first time I'd ever been confronted with the power of poetry as a tool for proclaiming the gospel. And as I looked into it, I became more and more convinced of the power of poetry. I became more and more aware of the poetry in the Bible. Not just the Psalms, of course, but throughout the Bible, throughout the Gospels, Jesus himself teaches in parables a form of poetry. One of the things I love about poetry as opposed to prose, he said in prose, prose bashes you over the head with information. In prose, I'm telling you what to think. You probably won't obey me. But in prose, I'm telling you, I'm giving you information. In poetry, I'm inviting you into a reflection. I'm inviting you to bring your skills, your knowledge, your stories to the text that I'm giving you. What you do with that is up to you. And it seems to me that this is profoundly Baptist. As a people, we believe that God speaks to each and every one of us, that God speaks through each and every one of us. We believe that the gospel is focused on the community of believers. The gospel is focused on the gathered community here in Newcastle. We believe in the power of the church meeting. As president of the Baptist Union, I have absolutely no power whatsoever, because power rests with the local congregation, and that's as it should be. And in poetry, it seems to me, God, Jesus, is inviting us all into this task, of reflecting on God's word. And so, if I can find it, there we are. I have brought for you today a poetic reflection on these verses from the Bible. Shh! You'll hear us! Come on, there's a gap here. Go on, don't be chicken. Shh, he's coming. A gang. An old-fashioned gang. A dozen little boys. Break in. Sneak in. Steal in to the neighbor's garden. To the neighbor's orchard. A few lonely apple trees. Stripped of their fruit. Weapons. In an ongoing neighborhood battle. I am the gate whoever's enters by me whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture the thief comes only to steal and destroy to kill and destroy i came that they might have life and have it abundantly. I can't, I confess, remember the name of the old man whose apples we stole. Not to eat, but to throw at each other. Across the field where we played. I can't, I confess, remember his name. For his name was not important to us. For his name was not important. To us, the thief comes to steal and destroy. So we build a wall. The thief comes to steal and destroy. So we build a wall. Or in this case, we plant a hedge. Plant a hedge at the bottom of the garden, a high hedge, a prickly hedge, a rather threadbare hedge, worn by generations of children's feet. The thief comes to steal and destroy. So the shepherd. Builds a wall, a sheepfold, to keep the thieves at bay, to keep the wolves at bay. The thief comes to steal and destroy. As Tim mentioned, I live and minister in Openshaw, in inner city Manchester. It's one of the most deprived communities in the country. Uh, in, 90, in about 2000, there were 8,417 uh, political wards in the country, and Openshaw was the 11th most deprived. Before our building was pulled down, our church suffered from a number of of incidents, not least of which was the occasion when, um, coming out of church, an old lady got into into her son's car and was sitting there while the son locked the building. And a gang of lads surrounded the car and started to shake it, and threatened to turn it upside down with her sitting in it. The congregation were afraid. The congregation were scared. And they built fences. All the way around the church was surrounded by high fences. And razor wire where there weren't gates. And the gates and the fences were painted with anti-vandal paint to keep people out, to keep our worshipping community safe. Until the day when a young couple who were considering getting married in the church came to worship with us one Sunday morning and discovered that the gates had been locked. And so they shouted, tried to get somebody to come and let them in, but they weren't heard. So rather foolishly, they decided they were going to climb over the gate to get into church. Have you ever heard of anybody climbing over the gate to get into church? There covered in sticky, greasy, anti-vandal paint strangely enough they decided they were going to get married somewhere else not in our church in john chapter 10 jesus is not a wall jesus is not A wall. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. I am the gate. I am the one through whom the sheep will come in and go out. I am the one through whom they may come in. Come. In. I am the one through whom they may come in and go out and find pasture. Jesus is not the wall, Jesus is the gate. And so it's not the current president of the Baptist Union, my friend Haley Young, it's not Haley who invites us to build a bigger table. It's Jesus. It's Jesus who wants us to build a bigger table. Come in. Come in. Come in through the gate. Come in through Jesus. I am am the gate. Whoever comes in through me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it to the full and have it Abundantly. Abundant life. Abundant life. In Luke, in Matthew as well, a banquet. A great banquet. An abundant banquet. A feast of life. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. A feast of life. A banquet of life, canapes, cocktails, waiters, and flunkies, a hierarchy of closeness to the host, abundant life, a privilege to be invited. A privilege to be invited. The wine will flow, the finest juice. For those of us who don't partake. The richest foods. Prepared by the finest hands. Delicate flavours. Melt in the mouth. Blended with undreamed-of subtlety, all served with a dash of theatre and humour. Some people ask me why I love climbing. Those who know me will tell you that I am completely obsessive about rock climbing. I will bore you forever on the topic. Why do I love climbing? David knows my best friend, Tim Clay, another Tim. Tim Clay was killed in a climbing accident. My colleague in ministry the man with whom I had assumed I would be ministering for 30 years, was killed in a climbing accident. How can you climb, people ask me. Why would anybody risk their life on a rock face? George Mallory lost his life on Everest. When asked as he prepared for his expedition when he was asked the same question he may or may not have replied because it's there for me so close to death i am alive so close to death, I am living abundantly. I am feasting on the best that God's creation is able to give me. Are we in Staffordshire here? You know the roaches? How can anybody not feast on such an amazingly weird and stupid place as the roaches. Lud's cave is just the most astonishing, beautiful example of God's creation. I am alive when I climb. I am living God's abundant life. God's gift to humanity. God's gift of life. Abundant life. Eternal life. Abundant life. An invitation to Christ's great banquet. A privilege to be invited. A privilege to be invited. A privilege thrown back in the host's face. I'd rather do the garden than come to your banquet. My cows are more important than you are. My own wedding feast is better than yours. Ungracious. Ungrateful. Rejecting the privilege. Rejecting the host. I don't like you. I don't like your kind. I don't want to sit at table with people like you. I don't want to share food with people like you. I don't want to break bread with people like you. An invitation to Christ's great banquet a privilege to be invited. A privilege to be invited. A privilege thrown back in the host's face. A privilege for the outcasts cast in this full blown production. A privilege for the outcasts now cast in Jesus invites us in the gate through which the outcasts are invited in Jesus the gate who wants us all to feast Jesus the gate who invites us to the great banquet not to wait at table Not to do the washing up, not even to be the celebrity chef slaving in a hot kitchen to bring joy to the guests and another star on the wall. Jesus, the gate, invites us to dine with him. Alongside him. To sit at table with him. Not gathering up the crumbs underneath the table. To be full guests at the great banquet. Jesus the gate invites us to break bread with him. Jesus the gate wants the poor, the crippled, the the blind and the lame, to dine, to feast, to share this foolish generosity. Now, I am more than a little squeamish about the New Testament depiction of disability. Today, we would not lump people together. To get today, we would not generalise about the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame, the epileptic, the young, the old, the black, the gay, the rich, the English, the mentally ill, the women, the unemployed, the. Thee anyone I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. There is, of course, a risk. There is, of course, a risk. If the gate is open, they might come in. They may come. They may accept Christ's invitation. To abundant life. They may come here. What would our churches look like if we went out onto the streets and country lanes and brought in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame? And brought in the people who don't look like us. The people who don't fit in. And brought in the people we don't understand. What would our churches look like? Then the master said to the servant... Go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house may be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Jesus, the gate. Invites us to dine with him, to feast with him, alongside him, to sit at table with him, not gathering up the crumbs underneath the table. What a gift of grace! What gift of grace!